Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Well, I come this morning with, um, not with fear and trembling, but uh, I feel like I'm walking cautiously this morning. I want to make sure that I say the right thing. But I feel like I have a word this morning, but it's kind of a, a, a somber word, I guess you might say, a serious word. And I'd rather bring messages that are just, you know, hoopla and hallelujah and God bless, praise the Lord. <laughs> but uh, I feel like I have a serious word this morning, so I'm just going to bring it, praise God. Father, we just help me, Lord. Help me to bring this word. That I would preach truth, Lord, all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I just want to welcome everyone. God bless you. We love you. We really do. I, uh, I especially want to thank all those that have been continuing to send in their offerings. I tell you, it's just been, I have been so blessed by God's people, the faithfulness of God's people to continue to send in their tithes and their offerings, either by mail or online. I just, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I just, I'm just, my heart just goes out to you. I just, I love you. I, we appreciate you. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 25. See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if those did not escape, when they refused him who warned them on earth. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but if you back up a little bit, he's talking. he was talking in the previous few scriptures about uh, God, when God came down on Mount Sinai in, in, a, in an awesome display of power and lightning and thunder and the mountain shook to the point where it felt like it was going to come apart. And that's what they're talking about. They're talking about the time when God spoke to his people on Mount Sinai in the days of Moses. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on the earth, how much, will, how much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven? And his voice shook the earth then, when? when on Mount Sinai. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. And this expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with Reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. The scripture in verse 26, it says, Yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. It's a quote from the prophet Haggai. And I want to go there. 
I want to go to Haggai and read that scripture because it, it, it expands a little bit on what was said. And it comes from Haggai chapter 2 and verse 6. And it says this, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more, in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and also the dry land. And then in the beginning of verse 7 it says, I will shake all the nations. So all these things, the heavens, the earth, the sea, the dry land, and the nations, all these things at some point, God says, I'm going to shake them. Uh, they're going to be shaken by the power of God. <clears throat> because God has to bring some changes on the earth. Because the earth is not, is, is not walking after him. And the earth has been corrupted, and God needs to shake and bring some. And the reason why I've been, I've, I'm, I've been uh, considering this is with this whole corona thing that's going on. I've been really pondering for, for a few weeks, God, is this an attack of the devil, or is this a shaking by the hand of God? It's one or the other. And, uh, and I'm leaning more toward believing that this is a shaking, that God has brought a shaking on the earth in order to do away, in order to, it's like, uh, you know, you see in the movies sometimes where someone gets a little bit of hysterical and someone will walk up to them, you know, the old thing, you know, you whack them into, you know, bang, shape up, you know, that kind of thing. And I think sometimes God is, God in a sense is saying, it's time to shape up. We have been too carnal. We, people have been walking away from God. The earth is not serving God. And God is bringing a shaking in order to kind of bring us to our senses, you might say. And that's, that's, what I'm, that's where I'm leaning when I say that. You, do you believe that God is a judge? Do you believe in the judgment of God? I hope you do. Uh, because a lot of people, I feel, uh, don't. They, don't. they don't either believe in the judgment of God or they just kind of ignore it. Uh, because it doesn't fit their theology. You know, we, we come up with cute little sayings in the body of Christ. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Well, he is a good God. I'm not, you know, please, understand, I'm not saying God's not a good God. He's a wonderful God. I love him. He's merciful. He's kind. The Bible says he's, he's gracious and compassion. He's full of loving kindness and forgiveness. That's who our God is. <clears throat> But for those who are not serving him, for those who resist him, for those who, who fight against him, he is a, he's, he's a tough God to deal with. What, what did God say to Moses when he gave him the Ten Commandments? In the, I'm going to have to go there. I'm just going to have to work my way through this this morning, so hang in there with me. When God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, listen, this is the one we call commandment number two, the second commandment. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above the earth or beneath or water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. So there's a, a, a distinct division between those who walk, who love him and walk after his commandments 
and those who resist him and, and, don't, and, 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 and uh, will not walk in his ways. God is a good God. He really is. But if we resist him, he is a judge. You know, I was thinking, who sent the plagues on Egypt? Who brought, the, who brought those terrible plagues on the Egyptians? God did. Why? Because, they, because Pharaoh resisted him. He wouldn't let the people go. If he had just cooperated and, and said, yes, we'll, we'll do what God wants, it would have been altogether different. But when you resist God, it's a hard walk. You know? So even the nation of Israel went into captivity because God allowed their enemies to come and conquer them. Because they were walked into idol worship and they, they resisted God. They resisted all his prophets, everyone who came to warn them. And God finally said, that's it. I'm going to have to judge you and you're going into captivity. Jesus is also portrayed in scripture as a savior and a judge. In Acts chapter 10. The apostle Peter was called to the house of a, of a Gentile believer named Cornelius. And he's preaching to them. And listen what Peter says to the house of Cornelius. And God, he and God, ordered, ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly testify that this is the one, Jesus, who has been appointed by God as a judge of the living and the dead, of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. So Peter, in fact, Peter put Jesus first as a judge. He says he's, he has been appointed to judge the living and the dead, and in him there's judgment, but there's also forgiveness of sins. So it's, it's what we do with our lives. It's what we cooperate with God that determines it. In John 16 and verse 8, it says that when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he's going to convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. You know, so God is a judge. He Primarily, he doesn't want to judge. Primarily, God holds off judgment. <clears throat> Excuse me. God primarily is, wants to hold off on judgment. But if we continue to resist, his hand will come and his hand will be hard. Hallelujah. In Hebrews 9 and verse 27, it says, It is appointed unto men to die once, and then comes the judgment. All of us, and really all of us are going to stand in some kind of a judgment. And you say, well, I didn't think I was going to get judged. I'm a Christian. Well, you're not going to get judged. Your judgment is not one of condemnation. For those who have never surrendered their lives to God, <clears throat> they undergo a judgment of condemnation. But for the one who has surrendered to God, who's born again, it's a judgment of rewards based on how faithful we are to serve God. Look, look what it says in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 11, it says, While they were listening to these things, Jesus went up to tell them a parable. 
because he was near Jerusalem. And they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. So he said, a nobleman went to a distant country and received a kingdom for himself and then returned. And he called ten of his slaves and gave them ten miners. The King James says pounds. <clears throat> but pounds is English money. <laughs> they didn't deal in pounds, you know, in, in, but it, the, the Greek word is a mina. And he gave them ten miners, and he said to them, do business with this until I come back. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that these slaves to whom he had given the money be called to him so that they might know what business they had done. The first appeared saying, Master, your miner has made ten miners more. He said to him, Well done, good slave. You have been faithful in a very little thing. You are to be in authority over ten cities. The second came saying, Your miner master has made five miners. And he said to him also, You are to be over five cities. So the, the way, the degree, you might say, the degree of faithfulness that we, that we serve God with on the earth determines our, you might say, our level of authority in the, in the future kingdom. So those who are more faithful receive more authority, and those who are less, less. And the other came to him, saying, Master, here is your miner, which I kept and put away in a handkerchief, for I was afraid of you because you're an exacting man. You take up what you did not lay down and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, By your own words I will judge you, you worthless slave. You do not know that I'm an exacting man, taking up what I did not lay down and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank? And having come, I would have received it, received it with interest. And he said to the bystanders, take the miner away from him and give it to the one who has ten miners. So the one who did nothing with it. In, in the other parable in Matthew's, he said, you wicked, lazy slave. God doesn't like laziness. But listen, and they gave it, to, and I tell you, everyone who has more shall be given. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. But listen what it says at the end. But these enemies of mine who did want me to reign over them, bring them here and slay them in my presence. That's, to me, it's like, whoa. But this is what happens to those who resist God. Eventually, judgment comes. And I just feel like Judgment is coming on, at some point, God is going to judge the earth. This is, this, this is all coming to an end. And I say, yeah, I know, Pastor, you've been saying, people have been saying that for generations and generations and generations. I know, but at some point, it is going to come to, it's going to, come to an end. And it may be coming closer than we think. I've been listening to some videos by Derek Prince, one of my favorite preachers of all time. And he talked about a time where he and his wife decided to go on a sabbatical. So, so they, they went to Hawaii. Praise the Lord. I don't, know, I don't know why they didn't go to Cleveland or something. But, uh, but they went to Hawaii. He said, we were going to spend six months in Hawaii. And our thought was that we'd go and, 
have some fellowship with Christians, but we'd spend a lot of time just in prayer and reading the word and maybe taking some time of fasting and really seeking God for our lives. We felt like God wanted to do something in us and, and we needed to get direction. So we were just going to take a time and not preach anymore for a while and just seek God. <clears throat> and he says, it didn't turn out anything like what we expected. I got, Derek Prince got sick. He had a heart problem. He was ended up in the hospital. He almost died. And he said, the whole time I was there, God began to deal with me and my own walk with God. He said, I'm not into anything immoral. I'm not into anything financially uh, corrupt. I'm not into any of that. But God began to deal with me in my own life. He said about, about two things in particular, pride and carnality. And he says, and I'm not going to have to, I'm not going to tell you all about what God said, but he, he was just relentless in his dealing with both my wife and I about our carnality and our pride. But in the midst of that, he said, God spoke to me about the shaking that was coming on the earth. And he said, God, and this is Derek Prince, this is not the Holy Spirit, so you can take it or leave it. But he said, God spoke to him and said, the judgments that are coming on the earth are coming in three phases, a preliminary phase, an intermediate phase, and a final phase. And in the, when I was watching him preach, it was in the late 90s. And he said, I feel that we are uh, in the preliminary phases. But it makes me wonder, this coronavirus. You know, I, I've said it before, but at Christmas time, who could have believed that basically the world would be almost shut down four months later? that we would have to be wearing masks everywhere we go, that you couldn't gather in, in certain places. And I know it's starting to come to an end, but there's been a tremendous shaking on the earth. And, and, and a lot of the things that we just relished, you know, sports and restaurants and, you know, ease of life. We've, we've, we've had to make some adjustments, and I think some adjustments are going to have to come as more of the shaking happens. But... God says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So what, what are those things that can be shaken? Well, individuals for one. You know, I'm thinking of how many times, how many times we've seen individuals uh, get caught in, a, in, in immoral situations or financial corruption. I was, I was thinking of Ponzi schemes and, you know, all of a sudden somebody's in the news because they got caught with a, some politician or educator or whatever. Individuals can be shaken and God, and God is going to shake people. And he's shaking them not to punish them, but he's shaking them to kind of, kind of wake up. Don't you see your life is, you're going, you're going down, at, you're, you're going to hell. Your life is, is, is bound for destruction. You know, he's trying to get us to shape up. Uh, so individuals can be, uh, corporations can be shaken. In, in the, in the uh, what do you call it, the financial crisis of 2008 and back, in, back around 2008 and 9, corporations that people said were too big to fail. If they hadn't been bailed out, they'd have failed. Lehman Brothers, Goldman Sachs, Chrysler Corporation, places, I mean, these huge corporations that no, everyone thought was just beyond touching. I tell you, God can bring them down in a minute. God can bring anything down. He's God. You know, and even religious institutions. I'm thinking of, of the Catholic Church. I mean, what could ever bring the Catholic Church down? But all of a sudden, we start hearing about uh, scandal, you know, Sexual scandals in the, in the, amongst the ministry in the, in the Catholic, not all of them. The Catholic Church is full of good people. But, 
But they were, they were shaken. They were desperate. They were definitely shaken. So that, you know what? My, I just look and say, there's nothing in this earth that God can't shake. And that's why I tell you, one of the things, I've always been very, very diligent to be, to be uh, faithful in the offerings of God's people. Because if, if, you know, if, you, if you're not faithful in, what, in, in, in handling the finances, I tell you, I know God can bring them down in a New York minute. Just bang. All of a sudden, the finances just dry up. And they won't be around anymore. God is God. And he's not going to put up with our foolishness. You know, even country, you know, I was thinking even countries can fail. You know, the breakup of the Soviet Union, the fall of communism, and the, and the breakup of the... Countries can fail. God can bring anything down at any time. And, you know, the earth itself, it says in Revelation, is going to suffer earthquakes and famines and floods. And I was thinking of the 2004 tsunami that happened off the coast of Indonesia, maybe the, the village of uh, Akea, something like that. You know, it produced a tsunami that they said, they estimated by looking at the damage. That it, it, at, one, at some places, it was 100, 100, 100 feet high. Can you imagine a wall of water? 100 feet high. And that tsunami traveled, it hit India, and it traveled all the way across the Indian Ocean, and it even hit Somalia. It's amazing. Oh, And you, you know, over 280,000 people died in that. Amazing. God shaking the earth. God is shaking. God does shake. And he will continue to shake. Who could have ever imagined that the Twin Towers could have come down? You know, it was beyond it. You know, there's a scripture in Isaiah chapter 30. It talks about God blessing the people on the day when the towers come down. It's like, look it up. Isaiah chapter 30, around verse 25. It's talking about God blessing the people, but it's like at the time when the towers come down. And I heard Derek Prince read that scripture on a on a video. It was like he was in the late '90s, and he and he said on that, he said, "I believe this could happen just like God says, and it has. Just like God said, the towers came down. Everything will be shaken. It will be shaken. Oh God! And the reason why I'm saying that is." So that we won't be we won't be caught off guard. If you just just get ready, I don't know what's going to happen. Like Pastor Dennis said, I'm an old man, oh. but I'm wise. I've been called a wise guy for years, so no problem. But I wonder what my not only my children. But our grandchildren, I wonder what they're going to see in their lifetime. Because to me, even in my lifetime, there's been such a, uh, a degradation of human character. The, the, the things of the earth are, are worse and getting worse. Jesus said in Matthew 24, talking about the things that are coming on the earth, earthquakes and floods and famines and all these wars and rumors of wars. He said, these are just the beginning of birth pangs. He likens it to a woman giving birth. And when a woman gives birth, the labor, the labor gets more intense and it gets closer together. And I really believe that as, the, as we get closer and closer to the day of the coming of the Lord, things are going to get more intense and they're going to get, uh, and they're going to happen quicker. And so I just want God. I just want God's people to be ready. You know, there may be some major shifts coming. In Isaiah chapter sixty, it says this: 
Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the glory of God will arise upon you. I tell you, the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, you may see greater shakings. You may see greater uh, destruction on the earth. You know, terrible things happen. But look up, the Bible says, in Luke chapter in Luke chapter 21. It says, when you see all these happenings, look up and rejoice because your redemption draws near. God, this is going to be a tough time on the earth. There's some tough times coming on there. I'm not saying that to be doom and gloom. But, you know, I've been reading Revelation this week. And I'll tell you, in the book of Revelation, there's some horrendous things happening. You know, in Revelation chapter 6, it says there's coming a point. I don't know if we're going to be here for this or not. But there's coming a point where it says there's going to be such a huge earthquake that every island will be, every, every mountain will be moved and every island will come down. Can you imagine oh, Hawaii sinking into, into the ocean or, or Great Britain or whatever? Every island is going to be moved. Every mountain's coming down. The earth is going to come apart. Why? Because God's going to shake it. And he's going to shake it and he's going to shake it so that everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that the, those things that cannot be shaken will remain. God is going to establish a, sh a kingdom that will never be shaken. Hallelujah. And he is going to be God on the earth. Let me read one more scripture. In Isaiah chapter 2, the paragraph heading in my Bible for this portion of Scripture is, A day of reckoning is coming. For the Lord of hosts will have a day of reckoning against everyone who's proud and lofty, against everyone who's lifted up, that he may be abased. You know, there's people that are walking on the earth today that are basically shaking their fist at God. So we don't want nothing to do with God. In fact, they are anti-God. They're doing everything that they can to to de, to put him to deny him and and walk against him. And, but uh, I, you know, I'm not mad at him. I pray for him. I really do because it's like you you don't know you don't understand you don't understand how much danger you're in. But listen, a day of reckoning is coming, it says. And it will be against all the cedars of Lebanon that are lofty and lifted up. Against all the oaks of Bashan. Against all the lofty mountains. This is, these things are a type. A type of people. They're not just talking about literal mountains and literal trees. Against every high tower. Against every fortified wall. Against all the ships of Tarshish. Against all the beautiful craft. The pride of man will be humbled and the loftiness of man will be abased. And the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. This is what's going to happen. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. But in the meantime, it may be a little bit of a rough ride to get there. So hang in there. Get close. This is a time to get close to God. You know, this, we've seen a shaking on the earth. There may be more shakings coming. I don't know. But I just sense there probably is more at some point more shakings coming. So just get ready. So you don't it doesn't hit you. You don't become like chicken little, like, oh the sky's falling. You, God wants us to be ready so we don't come apart when it starts to fall apart. So hang in there. Trust God. Draw close to God. Pray. Get strong in the spirit and be ready. Just be ready. You know it's like it's like here in this nation. We don't walk around all day saying, oh, we might get terrorists. We might get a terrorist attack. We might get a terrorist. But we stay ready. So God says get ready. Because, yes, the closer we get to the end, the more trouble it's going to be. But the greater it's going to be for you and I. Hallelujah. So God, help us. Help us to 
shake ourselves and say, hey, I got to get my act together. I've got to get closer to God. I want to know him in a way I've never known him before. I want to be ready for whatever comes. I want, to, I want the glory of God on my life. And in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.